Welcome to Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert, a podcast sponsored by the Healing Lives Center. Discover how to love and lead your family well and biblically. God created sex, marriage, and the family for our stewardship, growth, and benefit. My heart and passion is to teach, train, educate, and disciple Christians that want strong marriages and families. The Healing Life Center has been serving Christians since the year 2000. Its mission is to be a center for sex, trauma, and marriage education and transformation, where we offer counseling, coaching, courses, and speaking services to you, your church, or ministry. Check us out at HealingLives.com. Hi there, my name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I am going to go through a book that I believe every parent and educator um, and anyone in ministry that actually really cares about our young people today, especially our young people today, must read. But I also know that a lot of us don't have time to pick up these, some of these books and read them. So what I want to do over the next few episodes here is actually unpack what this book has. And the book is Lost in Transnation, A Child Psychiatrist Guide Out of the Madness by Dr. Miriam Grossman, M.D. Um, and the foreword is written by Dr. Jordan Peterson, which will be interesting to kind of see his his take here. But we're going to unpack and walk through and, and highlight some things that actually she unpacks in terms of the research, um, the science, and why we really need to step up um, when it comes to this issue um, today. So that's kind of what I'm going to do over the next few issues, uh, or next few, uh, um, uh, we call them podcasts. And uh, I hope this actually encourages you to maybe even go read it, but if not, to just be empowered to have a defense for those that are actually, um, well, in the madness is what, the way I'm going to put it. So the forward by Dr. Jordan Peterson. Um, he goes back to uh, a quote here from great Swiss analytical psychologist Carl, Carl Jung, 1957. So this is a quote from 1957. Just as people can catch measles and scarlet fever from one another, so can they catch the ways of feeling, thinking, and behaving. The more people live together in heaps, the less each individual counts, and the more he or she will be inclined to take his or her cue from the collective rather than pursue an individual ideal. Wow, has it happened right now with the transgender and LGBTQ ideology. So they, he um, says later, the faster a given pathogen can spread, the more deadly its form. So three relevant kinds of transmissible psychological disease appear to exist, or, or at least um, such might be argued on historical grounds, according to Jordan Peterson. So the first kind is transmitted through the general population. So examples of these which abound include mul multiple personality disorder, um, now known as DID, hysteria, you know, back in Freud's day, cutting or other forms of self-mutilation, eating disorders, um, and so other things like Tourette's, and lo lots of, of that has been in history. Second kind of transmissible psychological disease might be considered political. National socialism spreads like a virus, so did communism. And the third um, transmissible psychological disease spreads among medical professionals and their clinical colleagues, the psychologists and counselors first and foremost among them. These diseases emerge when poorly trained clinicians entice themselves into le leaping on the latest medical bandwagon. And that's what's happening here. Unaware of the literature on psychological contagion or otherwise in incompetent, greedy, manipulative, narcissistic, or downright sadistic, they offer unproven treatment to those in dire, dire straits, creating tremendous damage in their wake. 
lining their own pockets, that was another key, trumpeting their incompetence as cutting-edge clinical wisdom and demonizing those who dare to question their ethics. And this is actually where we are today. Up to 40,000 people were lobotomized in the U.S. between 1930s and 50s. So this is not anything new. Um, these variant forms of transmissible psychological disease can interact or dance with one another. So medical personnel played a key role during the Nazi regime in the euthanasia programs of the Holocaust. This is really, really scary. So she's starting off with, actually, and, and Dr. Peterson starting off with making the statement that the medical professions where this is started from, and we're going to see that here later on. Medical professionals played key roles in the genocide of Jews and other minorities during the Holocaust. So this all creates a very toxic brew, psychological and political, with regard to victim and perpetrator, and one whose analysis sheds substantive light on the newest set of transmissible diseases plaguing our current culture. So that's what we're going to look at now. Now, as Dr. Peterson reviews uh, Dr. Grossman's work, uh, this is what he says. This is precisely what Dr. Miriam Grossman outlines um, in this present work, documenting as she does the rapidly increasing prevalence of gender-affirming treatment for vulnerable children and adolescents, the role political and ideological ideas play in shaping that treatment, and the oft-terrible consequences for confused children destroyed physically and psychologically by those who should be caring for them, and for the parents of such children, betrayed in the most profound sense of precisely the professionals that they should most be able to rely on when dealing with the very real distress of their children. Horrifying. She begins by documenting the appalling case of Dr. John Money, whose now widely discredited efforts lay the groundwork for justifying the current butchery of children. He developed the idea of gender identity, the idea that there was a separate subjective element to sex purely psychological in nature, an idea that has infiltrated the psychiatric and other medical sub-professions to the great detriment of those most practically affected by it. So we've got a lot of work to do here. The consequence of this, a veritable explosion in the number of child and adolescent referrals to psychiatric and other medical clinics for gender dysphoria. And that's what we have. Dr. Grossman details the fact that although endless assurances have been delivered that children will be subjected to the proper evaluation prior to any dramatic medical intervention, assessment for gender dysphoria, prior to uh, the initiation of hormone treatment and too often subsequent surgery, such assessment often occurs in most cursory and unprofessional of manners, producing the implicitly and explicitly desired catastrophic outcome. She also discusses how now discredited Dutch protocol that hypothetically established the standard for so-called gender-affirming care, as well as the terrible Tavistock scandal that rocked the UK the now disgraced Tavistock Clinic was practiced at the forefront of gender-affirming care provision following precisely the Dutch Protocol and other similar scandals in the U.S. And we're going to look through each one of those over the next few episodes. Grossman spends some time as well discussing the most egregious, can you say that word, and evil lie told to the parents of so-called trans children. And here's the quote. Would you rather have a trans child, a live trans child, or a dead child? There is, to put it mildly, no evidence that the only alternative to early medical transition for a child with gender dysphoria is suicide. No evidence. 
providing desperate parents in a time of crisis with the appalling piece of utterly unjustified medical advice is professional misconduct of the most unforgivable sort. And I strongly agree here. Here's a quote from Miss Chloe Cole. And if you haven't heard her story, look that up. She's got some incredible testimony. She said, I had beautiful breasts. Now they're in the incinerator. Thank you, modern medicine, she laments. A pioneering detransitioner. Scary here. Get in while the getting's good. The mad physician and counselor gold rush continues apace. This is Jordan Peterson still. Providing an ever-expanding source of money, opportunity abounds. To those perfectly willing to exploit miserable, wretched, unhappy children and their desperate, clueless parents, $632 billion in the U.S. in 2022 alone. $1.9 billion in 2032 is projected. Thus, the absolute worst of capitalism meets the most dismal and destructive of ideologies in a truly unholy alliance. And he makes the statement, what the hell is wrong with us? And why won't more nurses, physicians, and counselors speak up? There is a cowardice mendacity and self-serving morality making itself manifest in our society at the individual political and medical levels that makes previous psychogenic epidemics look like a walk in the park dr miriam grossman has courageously stood up for the victims and victims to be of this appalling growth enterprise and written a book bound to be both welcome and of clear practical use to parents and others who have the bloody well enough uh, of this miraculous, hypocritical, self-serving, and truly near-murderous lying and butchery. So he, he concludes, hopefully her book will put another nail in the coffin of the so-called gender affirmation movement. Hopefully it will serve to expose its stunningly cynical co-opting of the civil rights movement, its greedy exploitation of confused children, its offering of the cheapest and most contemptible virtue to its adherents and promoters. Hopefully it will awaken sleeping parents, teachers, nurses, physicians, counselors, legislators, and most of all, police officers and members of the judiciary to the reality of the horrors being perpetrated by the delusional, mendacious, mendacious corrupt, narcissistic, and indeed psychopathic, particularly on the counseling and medical front, on the most vulnerable members of our deeply confused and more than metaphorically possessed and increasingly will, willfully blind society. That is just the forward. So I don't know about you. I'm intrigued. I want to know more. And reading through this for me has been a very important read and powerful read to empower myself to have a defense and to have um, have a way to respond, which I think is is critical. So getting into Dr. Miriam Grossman's work, the introduction, she says, but after 40 years, I've ex realized my most challenging fight is not against dangerous diseases, but dangerous ideas. The beliefs that man and woman are human in inventions, that the sex of a healthy newborn is arbitrarily and often incorrectly assigned, and that as a result of child, the child requires affirmation through risky medical interventions, these ideas are divorced from reality and therefore hazardous, especially to children. They are in fact a mockery of 21st century science and cause immeasurable harm to young people and their families. I know because I'm a psychiatrist and they're my patients. Are these atrocities really happening in our country? And what we're gonna see is they've been happening for a long time 
and they're happening in all states, many states, not all states, um, across the country, not just more liberal ones, which is really scary. Um, Dr. Miriam um, Grossman wrote a book, I discovered how children were being indoctrinated with uh, gender ideology while she was writing her tw 2009 book, You're Teaching My Child What? I want our parents to know that the powerful sex ed industry has agendas that undermine the health and safety of children. And so she started exposing that back then. In the final chapter of that book, she cautioned parents about genderland, comparing it to the upside down world of Alice in Wonderland. And here's a quote from her previous book from 2009. Parents, fasten your seatbelts. If what you've learned so far about sex education horrifies you and you believe it can't get any worse, I caution you. It can and it does. Welcome to Genderland, where the madness of sex education reaches a peak and everything you know is turned on its head. And it's true. Madness, which she used in her subtitle of this book, was the right word. It discovered, or I discovered, the nation's flagship sex ed organization, PSYCHUS, Sex Sexuality Information and Educational Council of the U.S., was informing students that people and this is the quote, have an internal sense that they are female, male, or a variation of these. Planned Parenthood instructed them, your gender identity may shift and evolve over time. And advocates for youth claimed being transgender is as normal as being alive. All those outrageous statements were made with astonishing certainty. So as a child psychiatrist, she was alarmed. A coherent sense of self requires knowing who you are. Struggling with identity is a handicap. Those are fundamental premises of psychology. Why, I wondered, are bizarre and destabilizing ideas about identity being taught as facts to vulnerable students? After refuting the sex educator's claims, I warned, and this is her, her quote from her previous book, Genderland is a dumbfounding departure from reality. Every parent needs to visit Genderland ahead of his child and carefully observe the landscape. Many will feel, as Alice did, like they've fallen down a black hole and landed in a truly bewildering place. It's a recipe for physical and emotional disaster for our kids. The disaster is here. This is here. We are in a free fall down a black hole. Here's some numbers. 4,000 percent. In 2004, there were two clinics in the entire world for those ex exceedingly rare cases. Now there are at least 100 clinics in the U.S. alone, and preteen girls learn from the American Girl's Guide body image. If you haven't gone through puberty yet, the doctor might offer medicine to delay your body's changes, giving you more time to think about gender identity. Sex is not assigned at birth. It's established at conception. Brains always match the bodies to which they are attached. We are not Legos or Mr. Potato Heads that might be improperly assembled. Sex is binary. Sex is permanent. Males cannot become females, and females cannot become males. Doctors, therapists, and others who lead young people to believe otherwise are guilty of maleficence. I believe so adamantly, too. They must be stopped and held responsible for the damage inflicted on children and families. Having said that, I will also state outright, this is... Dr. Grossman, that there are individuals for whom living a life consistent with their biology is a life of torture. We do not understand the condition from which they suffer, but it is real and unrelenting. I firmly believe their chronic disembodiment is a disorder of the mind 
and that they deserve our compassion and respect. Hormones and surgery, maybe, but we cannot predict the accuracy in which the benefits will outweigh the harm. So this book is not about those extraordinarily rare cases, these people who have been written uh, about for almost 100 years. This book is about the kids whose new identities are the result of a hysteria fueled by the internet, social media, Hollywood, and the gender, medical, and government establishment that mushroomed out of the ideology I discovered in sex education 15 years ago. For me, this is a black and white issue. Most things in life are nuanced, but this is not one of them. This is, and here's a word you don't expect from a doctor, evil. It's evil to indoctrinate children and young adults with falsehoods and to drive a wedge between them and their loving parents. It's evil to encourage them on a path that leads to harm, and it's evil to describe it all as a journey to authenticity and to entice children and glit with glitter and rainbows. We are a nation lost in trans madness. The price we are paying is staggering. So this is a guide out of the madness. Dr. Grossman said she wrote this book to arm you for the battle against the blitz of transgenderism because no family is immune. Yes, battle and blitz. I use military terms intentionally. The trans issue is not a debate with reasonable and moral people on both sides. It's a war. It's a destructive, cult-like crusade that targets our children 24-7. There's hardly a place that's free from indoctrination, slogans, flags, and emojis. You must gird yourselves with knowledge and confidence and support and oppose the onslaught as much as possible. Wake up, parents. You know it makes a difference if someone's male or female, but depending on how indoctrinated your child is, he or she may think it's completely inconsequential. I want you to understand who and what you are fighting and to avoid being blindsided like so many families who have been who are bewildered by their child's sudden announcement, Mom, Dad, I'm not your daughter, I'm your son, or by the gender therapist's emotional blackmail, do you want a live daughter or a dead son? Starting with new pronouns, names and pronouns, and ending too often in the operating room, the trans journey is an assembly line. One step leads to another. Scott Nugent is a 48-year-old female-to-male transgender person who underwent seven surgeries in her sex reassignment surgery, followed by life-threatening complications. And Scott told me she doesn't care which pronoun I used to re in referring to her, and she's biologically a her. Scott regrets her decision and warns, this is her quote, each step is like a Christmas present. You open the present and it's exactly what you wanted, but then the elation wears off testosterone, top surgery, bottom surgery, then the Christmas party is over and you look around, there are no more presents left to open and you realize this didn't work. And there's no scientific foundation that the ever lengthening list of Christmas presents, a new name and pronouns, hormones, breast, facial and Adam's apple surgeries and the construction of a faux vagina or phallus provides a solution for the perceived mismatch between body and mind, what's called gender dysphoria. The new names and pronouns seem harmless, but they can end with surgery. And so that's why I chose to have surgical instruments on the cover of this book, to highlight what for many is the disastrous endpoint, disfigurement, sterility, mental health issues. For many, it seems their post-transition lives are not filled with glittery rainbows, but with pain, infection, and urine bags. My wish is for your child to reject the falsehood from the get-go. If he or she is already on a gender journey, the goal is therapy that will facilitate him or her to love themselves as they are without harming their bodies. 
I want to preserve your child's health, sexual pleasure, and fertility. No child is born in the wrong body. Their bodies are just fine. It's their emotional life that needs attention and healing. In this book, you'll find the ammunition to protect your children while raising them in transnation. Information, parenting strategies, and hope. So what are you going to learn? Your child's school, pediatrician, and therapist will likely provide ideological-driven misinformation. I'll explain that transgender ideology is a system of beliefs like a religion. It has a unique language and articles of faith. While the language and beliefs are bizarre, they are taught as sacred facts. The core belief that biology can and should be denied is a repudiation of reality. When your fourth grader brings home a diagram of the genderbred person, you'll say with confidence, this is interesting, let's look to see if it's true. When she claims intersex is as common as red hair, you will gently correct her. Ditto when she argues that half of transgender youth have tried to commit suicide. I'm teaching you to recognize the falsehoods your kids are absorbing, discuss them calmly, and rectify them with confidence. You'll understand that not only is your child misinformed, but so are teachers, guidance counselors, therapists, and doctors. Might as well throw the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Psychological Association, the Endocrine Society, and our president and officials at HHS. They are all a part of, or have been led to believe in, the Castro Consensus. That has a tight grip on the medical, educational, and gov governmental institutions, to say nothing of popular culture. So what's a Castro Consensus? It's when there appears to be agreement about an issue when, in fact, due to extreme polarization and squashing of dissent, there's no true agreement. You will learn why the only consensus that exists about the care of kids with gender distress is a Castro consensus. Uh, you'll also learn about Dr. John Money, a distinguished psychologist and researcher who in the 1950s coined the term gender ideology and proposed that biology doesn't matter, one of the dangerous ideas to which I referred. But John Money was an arrogant psychopath. He destroyed a family and distorted his research to prove gender theory and further his fame. An entire field was built on his false claims. It's because John of John Money and his disciples that transgender ideology is hitting homes such as yours, like nuclear bombs. You learn how today's science proves Money's theory is categorically false. From conception, there is a wide-reaching, permanent impact of biology on every system of the body. Each of our 70 trillion cells with a nucleus is stamped XX or XY, and hard science demonstrates the enduring influence of that biological reality on the brain and every other organ system. Nevertheless, John Money's falsehoods are central to the success of the gender blitz. You'll learn how to prevent his ideas from invading your home and harming your family. I will introduce you to the powerful World Professional Association for Transgender Health, WPATH, whose standards of care are followed by just about everyone, clinicians, hospitals, courts, and governmental agencies. Admiral Dr. Rachel Levine, Deputy Secretary of Health and Human Services, is a huge fan. WPATH exercises dominion over global policy regarding all transgender issues. When you read my exposure of the lies emanating from that organization of, of their consumerism and normalization of deviance, your jaw will drop. I will explain how the American Psychiatric Association re reclassified gender disorders as a normal variation of human expression, another dangerous idea. And here's a hint. 
there was no referendum of its members. It was about politics, stigma, and insurance coverage. You'll get to know the work of Stephen Levine. I doubt um, there's another clinician alive who understands transgender-identified patients better. How do I summarize Dr. Levine's expertise? His resume is 24 pages long. Dr. Levine is a clinical professor of psychiatry at Case Western Reserve University and distinguished life fellow of the APA. He founded the Case Western Reserve University Gender Identity Clinic in 1974 and has served as co-director since that time. Dr. Levine was given his Department of Psychiatry's Hall of Fame Award in 2021 and has been named to America's top doctors consecutively since 2001. He's the author of five books, 44 chapters, and 146 papers about sexuality and gender. Dr. Levine has treated transgender-identified individuals for 50 years. He's an outspoken critic of gender-affirming care, GAC. The immediate social and the medical affirmation of what could be a young person's temporary identity. Levine calls professionals out for failing to inform patients and their parents that they're that the current approach is sorely lacking in quality research and fraught with uncertainty. Levine's battle takes place in the pages of academic journals and in the courtroom where he is a formidable advocate for the health and well-being of young people. If there is a hero in this gaslit tale, it is he. I will review basic biology you may have forgotten. I promise when you're done reading, you will be an expert on all things trans, including the dangers of giving testosterone to girls and estrogen to boys and the perils of what's euphemistically called top and bottom surgery, operations that would make Mengel proud. Can minors provide informed consent for those life-altering interventions? I'll explain why I and others think not. I'll demonstrate how the suicide myth is a distortion of the data. Teens identifying as transgender have just about the same risk of suicide as LGB kids and um, kids with mental health issues. There's no debate allowed with these different organizations. They shut you down. The Castro consensus is a big piece that we're going to dive into. And there's a severe lack of knowledge. And parents must be extremely cautious. Take the affirmation model. It's a mo based on one small study from Holland conducted in two the 2000s. Subjects had to, be, had to have developed gender identity disorder as children, and those with mental health issues were excluded. Yet the Dutch study is now used to justify medical treatment of a very different population. A population um, developed discomfort with their sex uh, as teens, and most, off, most of them have an emotional or neuroatypical neuro conditions such as ADHD, autism, anxiety, and depression. I will describe instances where even psychotic and suicidal kids have been placed on the trans assembly line. So while Joe Biden and Rachel, originally Richard Levine, Levine, uh, not to be confused with Stephen Levine, and henceforth to be called the Admiral, tell parents that hormones and surgery are crucial and life-saving care for their kids, one of the authors of the Dutch study recently asked, why is the rest of the world blindly adopting our research? We need more data. Yes, we need more data, that's for sure. In the meantime, doctors should do no harm. You'll learn that countries like Britain, Sweden, Finland, and Norway are doing exactly that. After rigorous reviews of existing studies, they decided to severely restrict, even ban medical interventions for minors. But in the US and Canada, it's full steam ahead. So trust your gut. Your gut screams no. Listen to it. 
I believe in your gut. Trust your parental instincts. Arrogant teachers and therapists believe they know better when, than you and what's best for your child. It's vital that you are confident in your convictions. You are fighting a monster while trying to keep your child close, which is a Herculean task. You're in unfamiliar, bizarre territory and need a roadmap. The good news is you're not alone. Schools cannot be trusted. Teachers and counselors can undermine your parenting and drive a wedge between you and your child. Schools can be a minefield, and you will learn how to protect your family if a state agency interferes with your parenting. This is happening across, across the nation. You may ask, is this a futile situation? Are we up, up the creek? Absolutely not. Trust me, there is reason to hope. I receive fanatic, fr frantic <laughs> emails from parents of gender-confused kids every day. They're all the same. We are losing our child and we are just desperate. The doctors and therapists say we are, we are the problem. We have nowhere to turn. So parents turn to me because I have a different approach, Dr. Grossman. I'm old fashioned after practicing psychiatry for 40 years and making it into my 70th, uh, yeah, seventh, the seventh decade of life, so 70s. I have more knowledge and wisdom than my young patients. First of all, I'm curious about everything. In June 2022, President Biden signed an executive order instructing his administration to end non-affirming therapy. America's leading medical organizations called on the government to investigate and prosecute doctors like myself. And she's putting her name and her license on the line in producing this. The link of the role of pornography is going to be discussed and the listening to detransitioners. I struggle with understanding the gender belief system, who and what is behind it. Is it a social movement, a political movement, a system of faith, a crusade, something else? From where does the funding come? What's the role of the transhumanism movement that seeks to free the body and mind of their biological limitations and augment human capability with technology? Um, honestly, you should feel sick, as I do, too. And I want us to journey through this together. So let me finish this first introduction here with the Articles of Faith, and we'll start back with that as well. The Articles of Faith, Behold a gender identity. It liberated you from oppression from the harsh constraints of biology. Gender identity is sacred. Thou shall not question it. Thou shall not turn away from it to hard science, for gender identity is jealous and cannot tolerate the scientific method. Remember gender identity to keep it holy. Behold it is both fixed and fluid, healthy and needing drugs and surgeries. Do not admit the contradictions. Thou shall consider male and female arbitrary assignments. Thou shall deny their establishment at conception. Thou shall affirm all gender identities with all your heart and all your soul so that you will be an ally and keep your livelihood. Do not misgender. Do not dead name. Thou shall not explore anxiety, ADHD, trauma, or autism. Thou shalt always invoke the minority stress model. Thou shalt honor and self-diagnose and judgment of minors and young adults. Thou shalt not recognize their emotional and cognitive immaturity. Gatekeeping is an abomination. Thou shalt therefore scorn psychotherapy and place your trust in breast-binding, penis and testicle-tucking, pills, patches, syringes, scalpels, implants, and prosthetics. Those are the articles of faith. And I'm sorry to have to have you listen to this and go through this, but it's so important. And we'll continue with chapter one next time. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Healing Lives with Corey Gilbert podcast. It has been an honor to serve. If you are struggling, have questions, or in need, Dr. Gilbert offers a free consultation for new clients. Check us out at healinglives.com to book a call. If this has been helpful to you, please share it, leave a review, and help us get the word out so that we can see lives changed, marriages transformed, and more people come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. The Healing Lives Center offers online courses, programs, books, intensives, and other services to help you live biblically and well. Discover more resources on YouTube and in Dr. Gilbert's Healing Marriage Facebook group, The Healing Marriage.